Welcome to the Motive Podcast, where we want to help you solve life's hardest problems and like the way you feel. I'm Shaden. I'm an anxiety relationship and addiction therapist, and I'm here with my amazing co-host, Bree, who knows something expert on just about anything. Good morning, Shaden. Good morning. How are How's doing? it going over there? <laughs> it's going well. Oh, should we tell him about the spider? Yeah, Shaden's going to have a spider crawling up his back any minute We now. were just trying to get this thing started, and... She told me there was a spider behind me, and I tried to grab it. It was one of those jumping spiders, and it jumped right <laughs> off the tissue and right into the back of my chair, and now I can't find it. So uh, That'll be funny. I guess it's called exposure therapy <laughs> for a reason. So today, we're going to talk about how to have a hard conversation, Okay. which is a, it's a passion of mine, and I think not only do teenagers struggle having hard conversations, but I think everybody does. Oh, yeah. So with that... I've prepared a little vignette, which is a word I really love. It just like rolls off the tongue, like vignette. Oh, yeah. Because like I have a silent G in my last name, and vignette has like this silent G. <laughs> I too. never thought about that. So we're going to go ahead and do this, and it's going to sound scripted because it totally is. But I want everybody to listen to this because this is going to lead us into exactly what we're talking about. Okay. But I'm going to read this because otherwise I'm going to laugh. Yeah. Okay. Shaden. I have something I need to say to you that I think will be really hard for you to hear. It's been on my mind for a while now, and it's made me really scared to say it, but I know I need to. I think you could get a little defensive, and I don't really want that. Are you in a place right now that we could talk without being defensive? Yeah, of course. I had no idea you had something that pressing. What is it? (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. That means a ton to me. Well, this whole podcasting thing has got me really proud and confident with myself. Oh. Oh, and honestly, I just don't think that you're really needed for it. Oh. I think I can just do this on my own, and it would probably be better. At our online course that we're recording to help people change their emotions by accepting their worth, which will come out early this summer, it's something I think I'll just do on my own as well. Um, wow. <laughs> uh, I didn't, I don't know what to say, Bree. I mean, you are awesome. Uh, would you mind if I could at least be your secretary? Sure. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all right. That, what's the point of all this? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of points, which we probably won't make in, every, in, in this podcast alone. But the point of this is hard conversations start with permission. So, Okay, so what does the permission do? So permission... What's the why? Yeah, permission is, uh, does a lot of things. So permission allows for respect to happen. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if I just spring my opinion on you then I, I'm, I'm telling you that I just think you're an object, really, and that you're, I don't really care what's going on for you. I don't care if you had something else on your mind. Yeah. I don't care if, I don't care really at all. It's just all about me. So permission, when I say, hey, Bree, there's something I need, there's something I need to talk to you about, or hey, Shelly, there's something I need to talk to you about that's been on my mind for a while, it, it allows you to slow down. It allows you to, it, it also allows you to hear, hear me telling you I respect you and I care about what's going on. Yeah. Not to mention it's telling you, I want to be heard, mm-hmm. and I want you to be able to hear it properly. I think that's important. I think when you jump a conversation or spring a conversation onto someone like that, then like you said, they automatically, you know, the defenses come up, and, and they're not going to listen to you anyway. Yeah. You know? Yep. And they go I, into protect mode. And- with teenagers in my office, which I see many, I it'd be interesting for people to be able to watch my sessions because mm-hmm. they would hear, they it would almost be comical yeah how often i say hey can i ask you another question (laughs) and it's it's almost like well shaden why would they're in therapy why would you ask that 
it's because I don't, I don't ever assume a teenager wants to talk. Yeah. And so, because the moment that I do is the moment they feel like, oh, they're just becoming like my mom and dad, or mm-hmm. they're just feeling like that teacher that I had that just bombards me. Mm-hmm. And no one ever, no one ever cares to hear what I, if I'm even ready to talk. It's just always on me. Yeah. And so I'll say it seven, eight times until I've even had a couple teenagers say like, why do you keep asking me that? <laughs> and it, once that happens and it's like, okay, I can tell they're probably very much, you know, they're, open to talk. Yeah. Or I just read their body language too, but over a, over a time when we have trust. But in the beginning, especially a first session, hey, can I ask you another question? Mm-hmm. And so permission, permission also allows, it leads into one of the second steps that needs to happen in, in um, having hard conversations, which is it allows me to what I call forecast. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I can, I can, I can say, hey, I need, Brian, I need to have a hard conversation with you. And I'm, you know, it's something that could make you feel pretty defensive, I think. I, I think it could hurt you. Yeah. Uh, so you're setting me up. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm forecasting because everybody, the reason we get nervous about hard, hard conversations is because we already have forecasted in our mm-hmm. own mind where it's going to go. And it's usually not pleasant. Yeah. So to actually forecast it to the person, uh, it, it plays a bit of a psychological mind game as well in that human beings like to prove each other wrong. <laughs> and so, or in some ways we like to prove each other right, depending on how we set it up. Yeah. And so if I say to you, it's something that could really hurt you, it's going to, pre- what's, what, what's going to happen for you more likely than not? Well, I feel all of a sudden, I, I think I'd feel ready to be like, okay, I can do this. You know what I mean? It would just change the way I would feel. Instead of feeling automatically upset, I think I would feel more ready to say, okay, obviously they they feel passionately about this. What did I do? Or, you know, Yep. I guess a little bit more empathetic. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and again, because of that, you might want to say, well, I don't want, I'm not, I'm not going to let him hurt me. Just like you said, mm-hmm. I'm not going to let him hurt me. And that's that psychological effect where, the power of choice gets to come in that mm-hmm. you get to because off- to be offended is a choice yeah and so when i say it now you can make a better choice based on a relationship to choose not to be offended because again permission me just me just saying it it's it's uh, there's a principle that occurs that i call that's the message in the message and so even though i told you a, a message of uh, out of my mouth just like verbatim word by word i said can i ask you i need to talk to you about something that's difficult the message in that is that I care that you know that that your that your feelings aren't hurt. Yeah. And it just shows it shows that connection in our relationship. And therefore, because of that, you hear it and you're not you're very much you're more likely to to listen with with good intent. So what if someone says no to you? Then then I immediately say <laughs> then I immediately say when. OK. Yeah, so you I set up a different when. time. I'd say, OK. And I'd say thank you. Yeah. Thank, no, thanks for saying that. When when could you be when could you do that? Yeah. So what about if you I think a lot of times the hard conversations come in the middle of a heated moment, mm. you know, so I can't see someone stopping and saying, oh, can we have a hard conversation? Do you know what I mean? If you're in the middle of a fight or and sometimes those that's when those angry words come out. Okay. So, so does there need to be some preparation or. Mm-hmm. So that's what that's actually the next. Interestingly enough, that's the next step. Like, OK, because um, the next step can be where what I would call self-expression mm-hmm. and none of these have to happen in perfect order, but yeah, that it was in our first podcast where we talked about self-ownership mm-hmm. and it's in the same, same breath. So in that moment, if we're in the middle of a conversation and I feel a lot of emotion come up, 
right? Mm-hmm. And I know that what you just said triggered a topic or a, a memory or something that needs to be resolved that maybe I've been avoiding. Yeah. Instead of just coming right out with it, I might say, hey, hey, Bree, uh, you know, what you just said, it it created a lot of anxiety in me. It, it created even like a lot of like a lot of sadness and and then I would go right back to permission. And if and if you're okay, mm-hmm. I would I would really like to talk about why that is. It's been something on my mind for a long time. Yeah. There again, more expression right there. It's been something on my mind for a long time and I just haven't had the courage to say it. Yeah. And so if if you're willing to hear me, I'd love to be able to talk about that. So what if you're having a conversation with somebody and you're expressing those feelings and they just shake it off like it's no big deal? Then that sucks. <laughs> You know, or if they say, eh, don't worry about it, whatever. Yeah. That's tough because there's times when, like, uh, you know, I had a session yesterday where I said, I, I gave this person the thought, because she asked the same question. And I said, well, that's when you have to make a decision on how much that relationship means to you. Mm-hmm. Because if you can come at that, that openly, that safely, yeah, and they still can't, that's when you either can say to yourself, is this relationship worth it? Mm-hmm. And again, she was talking more about a friendship that's a lot more easy to walk away from. But if it's like, if it's a spouse, yeah, I would say that's one of the most difficult tests of all, because in that moment when you are wanting to be heard the most is the very moment that you have to become the person to hear them because something's going on for them. Yeah. And so then you would turn to empathy and I'd I say, think- Hey Brie, what's, what, what's going on? Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. I know you're saying no, but why? Like, what's what's going? What are you What are you afraid of? This is something I think happens with teenagers with kids. Oh uh, yeah. I have a child that will say that when you try to talk to him, and and he's like, "It's okay. It's fine. Don't worry about it." You know, and and then yeah, I have to dig a little bit and figure out. Okay, what's in that moment? Why is he all of a sudden passive and emotionless about something that I know is a big deal? Yeah. You know. And in that moment, that's when I guess there's a little trick that of uh call out the body language more than than the words we're Mm -hmm. we're really prone to listen to words when our when really our most of us are our brains are hardwired to pick up on body language number one yeah and and so if the body language is talking a lot louder than the words talk about that okay because it's still communication yeah and so yeah you know with one of your kids you could say hey i know you just said this but you're your words are over here, but your your everything else is over <laughs> squirming here. Squirming in your yeah, seat. Everything. Uh-huh. So what's come on? What's going on with that? Yeah. And you can give him permission too to say, you know, you don't have to tell me the secret. You don't have to, t- you know, if you're not ready to tell me, but at least tell me the emotions that are going on because this whole this whole fine bit isn't true, mm-hmm. and you know it's not true. Mm-hmm. And then just stare at him. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, like I just stared at you. Just cut it right then and look at him. And that's and most parents can't time. do that. They, they can't tolerate staring. Uh huh. And I don't think they can tolerate giving your kid time. You know, I, I think that's one thing that sometimes we want to have a conversation like this with somebody, but we expect them to answer immediately, and we don't give them a chance to process what we've said. You know, and to take that time to, okay, now I can talk about this because if you say something to someone like that, you've got to give them a chance to mentally and emotionally think through it. One thing that I do that just made me think about this is a lot of times I'll write it down first so that I know what I want to say. Absolutely. And it comes out totally in a productive way, not an attacking way. So that I've thought through it, I feel more productive. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yep. And then it's not just off the cuff, I'm angry or, or whatever. Yeah. 
a, a small innuendo or I don't know if that's the word, but a step that could is not necessarily to be added, but a um, when you do say, hey, there's something I want to talk to you about, it's really important to use people's names. Mm-hmm. Saying somebody's name, there's a power there that gets their attention. It makes it it automatically takes this the seriousness of what you're doing to another level. Yeah. When and you s- humanize them. So that yeah. they feel But if you're like, connection. hey, I, I got something I got to talk to you about, as opposed to, hey, Shaden, it's like, oh, because <laughs> the more familiar we are with each other, yeah. Isn't it funny that it's actually the less we use each other's names a lot of the time? Yeah, you know, true. like my wife. In fact, the other day she said Shaden, and I and I it actually caught me off guard. I thought, man, it's it's actually been a minute since she hasn't called me. You know, like babe or honey mm-hmm. or hey hey you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> she does. But hey. so when she said Shaden, it it caught my guard more, and and so using their name is a is a is an amazing thing to do. Oh yeah. So if we have some steps or takeaways for somebody, what could you kind of walk us through briefly the steps then? Yep. So number one, uh, you're asking permission. You're just stating permission, which is that simple statement. Hi, Brie. So hi, hey, Brie, say their name. Mm-hmm. There's something There's something I need to talk to you about. Okay. I. Uh, that simple, I mean, how many... You know, I've been studying story yeah, a lot, right? How often does that happen? <laughs> but I, but I've been studying story, and so have you. Like the power of story, which if mm-hmm. any of you, if you've never studied how stories work, it's quite incredible. Yeah. And that that statement right now is that that alone will get a ton of attention from right. anybody. I don't care who it is. If it's your most defiant teenager, and you said, "Hey, there's something I need to talk to you about," especially, you know, let's just say this too. I challenge parents quite often to. Uh, to take accountability for their own stuff. Oh yeah. Because we struggle with that, and yeah. we, we expect our children to behave a lot a lot of the time better than we do. Mm-hmm. And so and we're kids not can look to at, own up to it. Exactly. When we mess up. Yep. Mm-hmm. And kids can look at their parents in a very hypocritical way, and say, "Who are you? Mm-hmm. Like you never say sorry. You always tell me I have to say sorry, but you don't really say sorry." Yeah. And so, just another little tidbit of some what somebody can do is. Hey, hey, bud. There's something. You know, I guess "bud" to me was an important word for my dad. Yeah. But hey, Shaden, there's something I need to talk to you about. There's something I need to, I need to take accountability with you for or with you and about, and that'll get my attention right there because it's not about me. Finally, yeah, it's about them. So, so number one is just state that permission really simply. There's something I need to talk to you about, and then you want to um, forecast. Okay. Okay. Forecast where where this conversation could go. But then you can also then set a boundary of, of of why you don't want it to go there. Okay. Right? Like, so, you know, th- this, this could make you really defensive. But if we're going to have this conversation, I don't want to be defensive. In fact, I refuse to be. Yeah. So that's a boundary. Okay. So forecast leads into a nice, easy, simple boundary. Okay. Uh, and then also then, and then self-express. And, and uh, hey, Brian, I just wanted to let you know this conversation has really made me uh, quite anxious. Um, only because I care about you a lot. And... I just, I want it to go well. Mm-hmm. And then the third, the, the last step could be a, what I would consider a commitment statement of, so do you have 30 minutes that we could talk and it's the time right now? And are you willing to not be defensive? Yeah. Is the time frame important? I know that's mm-hmm. a difference with men and women, especially men need kind of like an out. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> they need to see an end it's true. in sight where women, I don't think care as much about that. You know, that if I'm going to have a hard conversation with my husband, I, oh, and it's funny, I do this with my teenage son a lot, that I'm like, 10 minutes. 
And all of a sudden he's like, okay, I can do 10 minutes. But if I just say, hey, we need to talk or I need to whatever, he's like, uh, yeah. nope, because there's no end to it. And he feels like he's going to be stuck there forever. Yeah. I think time is, I think time, especially with teens, is a mm-hmm. powerful thing. Yeah. Because a lot of the time, if, if the conversation is going well, which again, permit, like having these hard conversations and making them go well starts with permission. So when we do that, then the conversation actually begins to go well. And the 10 minutes flies by and, yeah. and the kid couldn't care less because they're actually like connecting and Yeah, I've never had them hold out. me to the time, yeah. but at exactly. least knowing it's there, you know, gives their brain some kind of like a, I can get out of this. <laughs> exactly. You know, there's an end to it. Yep. Cool. Totally. All right. This is, uh, I'm not trying to, I don't know, how do I say this? What we just talked about today, I hope everyone knows how powerful it is and if you don't believe it uh this this comes up in my sessions all the time Mm -hmm. and we really struggle in our society with having hard conversations we we're we're more more avoidant than ever we're conflict phobic we're Mm -hmm. we like we hate confrontation so much we're we're afraid of anger we're afraid of hard emotions and this this allows you to have just a far far better entrance into these conversations and to that make are them go well. Yeah, because yeah. they're all around us. Mm-hmm. And they, they're the things that actually build relationships, whereas avoiding them can really can hurt them for a long, long time. Yeah. So go home if you're listening to this in the car or somewhere else and write these steps down. And Yeah, that's something I love to do is a lot of times I listen to podcasts in the car and then I go home and kind of replay through the moments where I need to write things down, you yeah. know, because it's easy to forget. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, everybody have a great day. All right. And uh, we'll talk Talk to you again soon.